Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. So the Warriors, they beat the Sacramento Kings at home. First game at home since that terrible, terrible road trip where they went 0-5. They won 116-113 against the Kings. A Kings team that came in only 3-5 and but had fought really well in a lot of games. So they have talent. They have skill, and uh, that was that was a close one. They were definitely coming after the Warriors, and the Warriors won that game just because of Steph Curry. I mean, that was an amazing performance, and it's funny because I went back to the episode I did for this podcast against the Miami Heat, the home game against the Heat, and it was their last home game before the road trip and Steph had a great game in that one. You know, that was really, really also about how just solid Steph is, how he's just exactly where he needs to be. He hasn't had any drop off or anything. He's like in, in playoff form. And we saw that again here. And if Steph doesn't do this, he doesn't play this way in this game. It's, it's over, right? He brings them back all by himself and this team begins and ends with Steph, plain and simple. That's it. Done deal. None of that. None of the young guys, none of the lottery picks have shown the ability to be that transcendent player. And they might eventually, right? They're all still really young. But, you know, Steph is, of course, a once-in-a-lifetime player. I mean, in the way he plays, he's never been <laughs> matched anytime in the history of the NBA. I mean, you can argue about eras and rules and all that stuff, but just Steph's like who he is as a player, his mental makeup, his level of skill, his wisdom, and his, I mean, you know, he's a killer, right? And he came after it. There was that one call that he didn't get where he got a tech and he just came at the ref and he looked really mad. A lot of people said that that's the maddest they've ever seen him in a game. And it might be, it might be up there. I think there've been other times. I remember this wasn't at a ref, but there was that, uh, that 2020, 2021, the play-in season. I don't know if you all recall, but there was, I believe they were playing the Clippers and uh, he was during a timeout, like really just like, yelling at his team to like get into it. He's like, you know, come on. I remember it was like Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins, whomever else was on the court at the time. They were all sitting uh, on the baseline because back then no fans and the seats were along the baseline. You could sit wherever you want. And he was just pleading with the guys to, to, you know, get, get with it and get going. And in this one, you know, I, Got to say, like going after that ref, that rookie ref, uh, it was, you know, he could have either double teed him and sent him out of the game. But luckily he showed some restraint and did not because, you know, if Steph was gone at that point, this, this game, no one else was going to bring them back. And, you know, the starters, of course, they overall played well. They were all in the pluses for plus minus. Uh, Draymond Green plus 19, Wiggins plus 16, Looney plus 8, Steph plus 20, Clay plus 11. They all didn't have great games, but that's the squad that closed out this one. You look at the bench, we all know a, the bench is a problem. 
and it's a work in progress. Uh, big deal made. Wiseman went to the bench, didn't play. Jamichael Green sat for this one as well. And I'd said that I'd wanted to see Kaminga play, uh, take taking mostly Jamichael Green's minutes, but I was hoping Wiseman would keep playing, but I was not surprised at all that he sat. I think he probably wasn't too excited. Neither of those dudes were excited about that or happy about it, but you know, it gives Wiseman a chance to take like a step back, get a breather. Obviously it gives the team a chance to see other guys out there and see uh, different dudes in that role and, and see if things can be different, right? Like when you go 0 and 5 and you're 3 and 7, you just have to shake things up and that's that's what what it was. You know, in a way, <laughs> you know, seeing that the bench was not good at all in this one, it shows that Wiseman was not the sole problem, <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe he needed like a step back to kind of like observe and learn and see what some of the other guys are doing. Um, but you know, he didn't seem happy. I like to watch the bench, especially when uh, the Warriors are shooting on the end that the Warriors bench is on. And after like crazy shots or big shots or clutch shots, I I look for reactions from some of those guys. And usually, you know, Wiseman is pretty low key, but yeah, he didn't move very much. And I'm not saying that he is a problem or anything like that, but it's just something to to keep your eyes on. I mean, I even noticed at the end of the game when when Clay, you know, <laughs> almost fouled uh, Herder but they didn't call it and the buzzer sounded like there was no huge celebration from the bench. Maybe uh, Lamb and Ty Jerome, you know, put their arms up, uh, you know, Moses Moody, Jamichael Green, Jonathan Kaminga and Wiseman, they just kind of stood there. So, you know, I'm not saying that there's any kind of huge discontent, but if you're them, you hope they're not happy. You hope you're, they're pulling for the team, but you understand that they're not pleased with hopefully the way they're playing and what they're doing out there. We got Kaminga minutes, which is what we all wanted. I think he only got nine, two for five, missed both, both threes. He took one for two from the line, minus 17, five points only, no rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks, no turnovers and no fouls. Um, his threes, he, is one for nine from three, I believe, on the season. But his threes were, you know, they were long. They were online. And his missed free throw was long. Could be amped up just, you know, getting into uh, the feel of the game. So he's not like way off. And, you know, I I don't fault him for taking those. (laughs) I'm sure he's made a bunch of those in practice. And you need to be able to keep the other team honest. But, He'll continue to get run, and I'm assuming he'll continue to get better. Uh, Kerr went with Anthony Lamb, Ty Jerome off the bench really, really early, and I think that's a reward in some ways for how well they played against the Pelicans. And I don't think it's a situation where it's like, oh, you played well here, have a ton of minutes. But yeah, I said this in the last uh, game episode after the Pelicans, the Warriors for as much young talent as they have, they don't have those end of the bench guys, the Damian Lees, the JTAs who were unspectacular, but 
they could settle a little bit in games and the trusted like vets, even if they were longtime G leaguers or in their late twenties and had only been in the NBA for a couple of years, they knew to play within themselves and they knew how to kind of calm down a little bit and, and take their time and slow things down a little bit and just be dependable in their roles. And hopefully Wiseman, hopefully Kaminga seeing Lamb play out there because he took a lot of, you know, power forward, small ball center minutes. Hopefully they can see what he did well to help the team in the fourth quarter as they were making their comeback. Again, I think it's temporary that you roll out those guys. You wanted to see, I mean, I'm sure we all wanted this game. If they lost to the Kings and were three and eight with the Cavs, who are really, really looking good right now, um, potentially going down three, nine on the year, then, I mean, this is the one you kind of had to have and you didn't want to screw that up. So you put in Lamb, you put in Jerome, knowing that they make fewer mistakes and the mistakes are the things that had been biting the Warriors on the butt, you know? So uh, I don't blame him for using those guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see them again in the Cavs game. It's going to be a bummer because the Wiseman-Mobley matchup that I've been wanting to see for, (laughs) you know, since the beginning of the 2021 season, uh, we might not see. I would love it. I would love it to uh, give... Wiseman a chance out there. You're going to be playing against uh, not just Evan Mobley, but of course, Jared Allen. And those dudes are legit seven footers. So, you know, do you want to just go small with them the whole time? Like, do you not want to roll out your seven footer as well? So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The bench there, plus minuses, just to highlight it. Like I said, Kaminga minus 17, Lamb minus seven, Tydrome minus 22, the worst on the team in this one, and Jordan Poole minus 11, Moses Moody minus one. Consistently throughout this short season so far, Steph has been, as I've said, he's been, he's shown up for every game and he is in physical shape, mental shape. He's a surgeon out there right now. You know, he knows how to get a shot. It's amazing to me. And I've said this before, like, you know, coming into the league, I really, really thought he was just going to be like a, a, a Hersey Hawkins type guy who was just a spot up shooter, but his handle, his acumen for the game, uh, it just opened up everything, changed the game, obviously. And you see Steph, how he's able to get to the basket because people are so scared of his quick trigger three and how they have to guard him. So, so deep, it's pretty amazing. You know, it's pretty amazing. And uh, he really just puts on a clinic in a lot of ways because he takes care of his body so well that his mind, his basketball mind, his IQ, right? Like usually the peak of someone's prime is late 20s to early 30s. Steph is technically moving into his mid 30s. He'll be 35 in March. But because of the way his game is, it's not predicated on pure athleticism or hops or anything like that. And he takes care of himself so well. Like there's a few years for him to be at his peak. And in terms of everybody else on the team, though, you know, like the most consistent dude in the starting lineup has been Andrew Wiggins, right? I mean, in this one, he was, we played 40 minutes, 10 for 17, four for eight from three. And he hit a couple huge threes in the fourth when guys like Clay and Jordan Poole weren't hitting anything because they needed 
that second guy. I mean, we went into the season thinking like, wow, the Warriors have so much firepower with Steph, Clay, Poole, Wiggins, and then their athletic young bench. But nothing has come to a consistent fruition. And I think it will. You know, I mean, I mean, that's the whole point of this long season and getting everyone uh, up to speed. But Wiggins, his plus 16, 25 points, 10 boards, two assists, two steals and a block. I mean, <laughs> there's a good chance they don't have uh, four wins this season if Wiggins is not playing the way he has been. Um, so props to Wiggins. Really, really like underrated how well he's played for the most part of the season, but he's also had some down games. Draymond, he's playing pretty well, solid, 36 minutes, four for seven, uh, three for five from the, from the line, eight boards, six assists, five turnovers though. He's solid. Looney's always solid. Looney's defense. And also I'd like to mention that Looney is for the most part finishing a lot better this year. Yes, he'll flub some layups, uh, especially when he's under the basket. Sometimes the angle and the touch isn't there. But in terms of all the work he did with the developmental coaches last season, he's a little bit more, actually a lot more dependable uh, when he gets the ball in the lane or on the baseline and needs to take a, a dribble and pump fake and, and uh, put the shot up. He's much better this season, it seems like, than he was last year. But he had 13 boards, four assists. Steph, I just got to say his line, 17 for 24, 7 for 12 from three, 6 for 7 from the line, 8 boards, 8 assists, plus 20. Again, best on the night, 47 points. What can you say, right? Um, Clay, again, he's working his way in and you know there are again a couple of shots like he he stole the ball and i think he had to beat malik monk uh it was just them two and clay was streaking towards the basket and monk is very athletic right and uh i did not think clay would make the shot i did not think he would make the layup and he missed it hard off the glass uh with monk getting really high up forcing clay to adjust his shot so you know clay will get to where he needs to be. He may not get to where he was in 2019, but I think I said before, it doesn't seem sometimes like he's playing the opponent. It seems like he's playing ghosts in his head. This game felt more like he was playing his opponent, but you know, when he was playing well in the finals, there's this purpose. It's like this immediacy of the finals right now. It feels like overall this season, he's just trying to, play his old self and you know that's that's something that he has to work out i have no inside knowledge it's just observation seeing him like frustrated and seeing him on the court and whatnot so i feel like he will will get there eventually NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Even though the Warriors have had a rough start, how can you not? bet on them. With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Jordan Poole, I've talked about this before. He had a couple great games on the road trip, but there's just times. There's just times defensively where he's just not there, right? Slow on rotations. Uh, There was a – he gave up like this wide open three pretty much to Malik Monk. And I, I get that you have to give him some cushion because he's so athletic. He can blow by you, but he gave him like a ton of cushion and Malik Monk is a very, very good three point shooter. And he got hot there for streaks. So, you know, pool has to work on that. And also I keep mentioning this and it was even more glaring in this close game. You know, he gets dribble happy. And he dances around a lot. And then when he drives, he'll get stuck. He'll get trapped. And the next thing you know is he's looking out to make a long pass to the three-point line. In this game, he started doing it even worse because he would leave his feet. Clay started doing that too. And that's something you don't do, right? If I was a coach scouting Jordan Poole, it's like when he drives, I would just stay home in front of him to make him have to kind of use his pivot foot and dance around a little bit, especially if he goes up in the air. But then I would tell all the other defenders to like go to the dudes on the three-point line and intercept passes because that's exactly what Poole does pretty often, right? If he doesn't get the shot off, he is looking back there. Sometimes it looks a little bit more in the float. A lot of times it's just like, okay, this is a busted play and he's looking for a bailout. So those things are the things that are hurting the Warriors as well. So it's not just Wiseman. It's not just Kaminga. And I think that these are things that the team has to figure out. I've said they need to figure out seven, eight, and nine. And, you know, hopefully the Warriors get DiVincenzo back against the Cavs. I think his just solid play. I mean, he'll be out of rhythm. He'll probably be out of shape a little bit, out of wind because it was a a leg injury, you know, a hamstring. But, you know, just having his kind of presence out there, somebody who can slow the game down and take control of the offense, bring the ball up, calm the young guys. Because you think about it, Poole is still just 23. You know, he hasn't reached where he's going to be. And don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think he... I st- obviously, I still think it's great to have signed him, but you want him to improve. You don't want him to just get stuck in this developmental stage. The whole thing was like, hey, you go back to the playoffs, you win the title, everything's fine and dandy. But like, let's not forget, he showed out great against the Nuggets, but there were series where you had to sit him because of his defensive liability issue. So he needs to improve, plain and simple. Moses Moody surprisingly only got nine minutes and you know, you saw him get blown by a few times in this game, his foot speed. I always bring up and his kind of slow, slower than most, uh, shooting motion. But, uh, I think that, you know, he just needs to continue to be solid. All these guys, that's the whole point. You're playing lamb, you're playing Jerome because they've shown that they can be solid. So, The young guys need to get that straight, figure that out. And the narrative of the season, the arc of the season at this point is totally different. That's why you're getting these guys out there. Like if they had gone three and two on the road trip or even two and three, uh, you're playing with a different deck because there's no immediacy, urgency to like, you got to get this win. 
we got to play guys who aren't just who aren't going to screw up. And that's what you're seeing out there against the Cavs. Not exactly sure. There is a three day break between these games, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and then they play Friday. What lineup is Kerr going to roll out there? Is he going to try to match up as best as he can, or is he going to play like who he had on the bench this time? Is he going to play a lot of Lamb and Jerome, less Moody, and even less Kaminga? So it will be really, really interesting. That game I'm going to look at is kind of a barometer. If they get blown out at home by those guys, then that's like, okay, you know, this is a team that has a lot of work to do, plain and simple. If they win or if they compete, if they kind of show who they are, who they can be, then you're on to something, right? They could go on a streak, a winning streak. This could be just a Kings game that was saved by Steph and then they go into the tank <laughs> against the Cavs. So I think what would help them win against the Cavs is if all the starters played solidly at the same time, or at least a few more of them played solidly. A big game from Clay would be helpful. But, you know, this is uh, the hand that they're dealt. This is what they've chosen. And I obviously still believe in them. It's not going to be pretty for a minute. And Kerr is still trying to figure some stuff out. But let's see what they come out with against the Cavs. I'm really, really, really curious because I would play, you know, obviously I would play Wiseman in that game. And you might also want to play Jamichael Green, you know, just because he's he's tough like that. But um, I would want to see Wiseman. If you bench Green in favor of someone like uh, Lamb, then I'm good with that too. But it's not like this solved the bench problem, the 7, 8, 9, 10 slot problem. And honestly, like when you look at, the bench, they were 0 for, 0 for 8 from 3. Uh, if it wasn't for Steph and Wiggins hitting 7 for 12 and 4 for 8, you know, <laughs> the shooting just isn't isn't there. This is not it, right? They can't count on Steph to bail them out of every single game. That really, really deep team that we talked about in the preseason, uh, over the summer or whatever, they haven't shown up yet. And they're still there, but when will everybody start like clicking, you know, from the starters to the bench, some of the guys figuring it out. Uh, I was hesitant to say that guys like Wiseman and Kaminga should go to the G League, but, you know, we'll see. It'll be telling against the Cavs if Wiseman sits and he goes with Lamb a lot, because then you might be, you know, seeing James Wiseman get some just minutes minutes, plain and simple minutes, not just, uh, you know, yes, to get like some reps, but also to get more familiar again with the offense and seeing where he fits in it and all that jazz. So anyway, it's a win and, uh, you know, we got some days off, go out and vote. There's no games on Tuesday, so please do. I'll uh, check you out later. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino 
or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.